morning. How's everybody doing? Good. I'm so glad you're here and uh, we're excited to learn and grow today, yeah? All right, well, let's start with some prayer and uh, hopefully it's all uphill from there. Downhill, whatever hill. God, we love you. We're excited to be here. We're excited to get into your word. Um, Lord, we just pray right now uh, that your Holy Spirit um, allows us to create space, space in our heart uh, to hear your word, to hear what you have for us. And um, God, we're anxious. We're anxious to just learn more and, and hear more and, and discover more and grow more. Uh, be with us today. Uh, go before us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, I got all my notes messed up here, so I'm putting them together. Good morning. We're excited that you're here. So I want to uh, talk to you about uh, human connection. And I had the opportunity last month to speak at a, um, a company in New York on uh, human connection. And I thought it would be really cool to take that same talk, uh, but infuse scripture in it uh, and allow us to just really learn and grow on human connection. Um, I want to say this. I think it's important for us to kind of level set here. Before anything else in the entire world, uh, you're a human being. Before you are a husband or a wife, before you are a sales rep or an engineer or a doctor, before you're a child, a mother, you're a human being, which is, is really, really cool and really, really scary because people are crazy. Anybody? Anybody, does anybody fit that bill, right? And so we're a human being, and so we start off like in this reality, and, and, and everything with, because we're a human being, every single thing is about relationships. Everybody say relationships. Here's the deal about relationships. If you can win in three relationships, you can win in life. If you can win in three relationships, you can win in life. The challenge is these relationships are extremely complicated, I like to say this, relationships aren't the only thing, but they are everything. Relationships aren't the only thing, there's a whole bunch of things in life. There's bills and jobs and adventures, there's tons of things in life like presidential candidates and viruses and all these things that are in life. So relationships aren't the only thing, but they are everything because everything comes out of them. And I believe if you can win in three really, really important relationships, then you can win in life. Here's the first relationship. The relationship with yourself. Tough one, okay? You're a tough uh, cookie to crack, nut to crack, whatever it is. You're a problem. That's the first one. The second one is other people. That's the second relationship. And the third one is the unknown. And all three of these relationships have a wild impact in our life. Ourselves, other people, the unknown. Here's why they're difficult. The relationship with yourself. How many of you know sometimes you are your biggest cheerleader while other times you're your biggest critic? Anybody? How many times sometimes you know you get up in the morning and you look in that mirror and you're like, my God, I am good looking. Anybody? I mean, you just sometimes you surprise yourself. Anybody ever surprise yourself? Right? And then have you ever noticed by like 1030, all of a sudden you're your biggest critic? Man, I'm no good. I'm no smart. Where'd that beautiful person go that just a couple hours ago graced your own presence? Where did that person go? Sometimes you're your biggest champion and sometimes you're your biggest critic. Speaking of champions, relationship with other people. 
How many of you know sometimes you are the biggest champion for other people? I mean, you just speak something into them and you can just see them light up. I've got two little boys and every single time I compliment my little boys, it's almost like their breath gets taken from their lungs. Man, great job. Little Cruiser's on a traveling basketball team and he followed in, in, in my trajectory and height, if you're tracking with me. And so he's playing competitive basketball against all these kids that are also playing competitive basketball that took like your trajectory and height. And so he's playing against all these tall kids and he, every time he does something good, he looks over at me. And I'm just like, right? Because when you're little, you got to be ferocious. And so I'm like, and he's just, he's so excited. When you breathe life into somebody, how many of you have ever said something to somebody and you watch their self-esteem get sucked right out of them? And maybe sometimes you did it on purpose. Maybe sometimes you did it on accident, but the, the power that you have over somebody else's life. How about the unknown? How many ever sit around thinking about how there is absolutely no ceiling to your unbelievable ability? I mean, you just look at yourself and you go, oh my, I, my, I have no idea how high I could climb. That's how good I am. And like eight minutes later, you're like, my entire world's spinning out of control. We're screwed. Anyone? Right? And you're like, how does, we, we have these relationships where we're constantly living in between these two intentions on all three relationships. I mean, sometimes we're blown away with ourselves and we're discouraged. Sometimes we breathe life into people. Other times we wreck them. Sometimes there's no limit to our story. Other times the best days of our lives have already been told. And we sit right in the middle of all these relationships trying to make sense of them, trying to be successful of them, oftentimes failing. I want to help you win on all three of those relationships today. This is going to be like a weird combination of like, you know, Tony Robbins and Phil, I guess. I don't know. So... <laughs> All packaged in this little guy right here. All right, so we'll see what happens with it. There's two reasons, there's two reasons why relationships are so difficult. Everybody say time. Everybody say traps. Time and traps make relationships so difficult. Let's talk about time. Every one of those relationships I mentioned, yourself, others, and the unknown, is tied to a portion of time. So when you think about yourself, the portion of time that is connected with the battle to win the relationship with yourself is the past. Every single moment of your entire life up to today tells your story. It makes you who you are. Like when I think about my past and I think about my world and all the challenges I had, it made me today. When it comes to others, it's the present. When you're sitting with somebody else, it's the actual real moment right now. This is where we're going to win or lose this relationship. And when it comes to the future or the unknown, it's the future. It's this time. So our past, our present, and our future are uniquely tied to all three of these relationships, ourselves, others, and the unknown. And they're stuck together in this really weird mess that we got to try to figure out. The second one is traps. Psychologists talk about what's called a cognitive trap. It's this. It's things that you remember, and then it's what actually happened. That's a cognitive trap. So in other words, I remember you saying this. Maybe this ever happened with your spouse. I remember you said this when what really happened was this. This happens all the time. I remember when my boss said I was no good at something. I remember when my teacher told me I was no good. When what really happened was you brought in an F and they said you could do better. 
right? So it's a cognitive trap. And so these traps and this nature of time descends on all of these relationships. And since we don't know how to navigate them, we more often than not fail in the relationship with ourselves, which is so frustrating. We fail in the relationship with other people, wondering why don't I have more friends? Why don't I have more favor? Why am I not connected to more people? And we fail in the relationship with the unknown, fearful to move into the amazing space that we know God has called us to. And we're losing in these relationships and we're frustrated and we do what so many people do. We begin to mask. We begin to find other solutions to make ourselves feel better. Things like dependencies, alcohol, sexuality, clothing, shopping, buying, whatever makes me happy today, rather than doing the difficult work of becoming better human beings. Crazy thought, I know. Let me ask you an honest question, and you can raise your hand. How many of you believe that you could be a better human being? Isn't that just, I think there's something so wonderful about just being like, I think I could be better. Like, I look at all these areas of my life, but the, the relationship with myself, I'm like, I could do better. Other people, I could do better. The future, I could do better. And today, what I want to do is I want to walk you through some scripture, and I want to walk you through some practical uh, work that I think will allow you to be successful in all these relationships. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Everybody say hangers. Everybody say hand towels. Everybody say handbags. These are going to be the little things we're going to remember for at least a week. I hope longer. I hope every time you grab a hanger, a hand towel, or a handbag, you'll remember how important these relationships are. But let's start the first one with hangers. And I understand that I got a new hanger here. The first service, I asked my mom to bring me these props. And it was like this plastic hanger that she clearly stole from TJ Maxx. <laughs> so I reached in there and I pointed and I said, this is, this, I expected more out of you. So I think they... Now I got, a, now I got a, a velvet one. That's kind of what I expected. Class. We got some class. Everybody say hangers. 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 This is the key to you successfully winning the relationship with yourself. Here's what I mean. Let's talk about our past. Our past play the most powerful role in winning the relationship with ourselves. Let me give you a personal example. I do not have a high IQ. And everybody said, no kidding, right? Sorry. I don't have a high, it's not been my thing. I still spell phonetically. Like there's times when I'm like typing stuff into Google. You know how it says, uh, did you mean this? And they're like, we have no idea. Like Google's like, we just scoured 17 trillion possibilities for the word you just typed in. No clue. Try again. Like, that's my life. I don't know how to spell. I can barely read. I like objects and pictures and colors. That's me. I grew up in school where that doesn't fly. All right? You have to pass tests. You've got to be able to spell. I remember teachers pulling me aside and being like, you're not very smart. And I didn't know what else to say. And I'm like, well, you're not very pretty. And that didn't help. <laughs> but it didn't just stop with the intelligence. It was like, I had glasses back in the 80s when they, before like all the laser stuff and everything else, they were as thick as Coke bottles. And this was back when apparently they thought it was important that your cheeks could see. And so the glasses were all the way down here and my pores would blow up looking like freckles. And it was like, look at that freckled little kid. It's not freckles. I just have glasses down to here that are so thick. 
As you can see, I wasn't a beacon of height. And so I had all this stuff working against me. And the net net was, you're not smart. You can't see. You're not tall. You're not going to amount to much. And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. Oh, I know. Imagine living this way. And then this like amazing thing came into the world called emotional intelligence. And I'm crazy good at it. Like, I get it. I get people. I get things. And all of a sudden, they became valuable. But I had this weird space and time where I was being successful at everything I tried. I would start a church, and it would work. And I'd start a software company, and I never got past pre-algebra. And software is a math language. How do you do these things? I don't know. And I'm being successful, but I'm not smart. And I'm this, and I'm that, and I'm this, and I'm that. And I've got all this stuff in my life telling me all these things. Yet God's Word says this. I appeal to you, therefore, my brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and testing and discerning what God's will is, what is acceptable and perfect will is. And I read a verse like that, and so often in the church, we're like, this is great. I know what I'll do. I'll just renew my mind, and I'll just be holy, and everything's going to be great. Don't you love this about church where we're like this? If you just say it loud enough, right? And you just put a little bit of cheese in it, everything goes away, right? Sure, as long as the music's playing and the fog's going and everything's great, it's gone. But then you get back out there in your car and guess what you hear? The voices of your past, the stories of your past, the lies of your past. And all of a sudden you go, I don't know what to do with this. I mean, I wake up every day and I go, Jesus, take it away. Make me better. Renew my mind. Present myself as holy. But I'm not changing. I'm not transforming. How do I win this relationship with the past? Do you know what the enemy loves to do? The enemy loves to take every single bad thing that's ever happened to you and make it a staple in your closet. Or maybe better than a staple, a hanger. And so what happens is the only way to win the relationship with yourself is to clean out your closet. Everybody say, clean out my closet. It's the only way you win the relationship with yourself because here's the deal. There's a whole bunch of stuff inside of your closet that shouldn't be there. And the only way to do it is to begin to take these hangers out. So I'm going to give you three tips for how to clean out your closet. You ready? The first thing you got to do if you're going to win the relationship with yourself is you've got to open up your closet, your life closet which is super scary and not always very much fun. Like, how many people are like, do you know what I really get excited about? Opening up the closet to my past and looking square in the eye of everything I hate. So you know what we normally do? We keep our closet shut, we don't deal with it, and then we cope. And we all cope in different ways, and our way's okay, right? Right? Some of us cope by eating, some of us cope by drinking. Some of us cope by shopping. Some of us cope by self-hatred. Some of us hope, uh, cope with false humility. All this stuff. We don't even always realize we're doing it. I don't know. I just like to, you know, kick a few back and relax. Oh, it's just who I am. And all along, there's all these things are past, and we're losing the relationship with ourselves. We don't love ourselves. We're not walking in power and authority. We're not walking in joy. 
When the reality is, the first thing we got to do is begin to open up that closet. And here's what I want to tell you. Never be scared to open your closet. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why? How many of you are adults? Right, this is a cool thing, right? Some of you are like, yeah, I just turned, I'm 46. I just became one. It's amazing. I know, right? You're an adult. Here's the awesome thing about being an adult. You are allowed to do whatever you want to do. Michael, we talked about this in the first service. Michael's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shave my head. And then I'm going to hate it so much I'm going to wear a hat, right? He gets to do that, right? Totally awesome. Your choice. You get to shave it. You got to put a hat on. I told him, I said, I haven't even seen your hair. Everyone was just talking behind your back. That's how I found out about it. But there is nothing in your life that you can't change. Nothing. I don't like my job. Welcome to America. Get a new one. I don't like my relationship with my spouse. Fix it. Well, it's unfixable. Lie. Absolute lie. Doesn't mean you have to, I mean, do what you want to do. But it's a lie. It's a lie. And it's it's so important. Thank you. You're right. It's so important to remember the enemy's a liar. You can't change the way you, you view yourself. Lie. You can't change your self-esteem. Lie. No, no. Here's the only thing lacking. We're not choosing to open up our closet and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. I've got to do some work because here's the second thing. Once that closet's opened, how many of you know you got some clothes in your closet that need to be taken out? Huh? Anybody got it? Here's the funny thing about How many of you got some clothes that don't fit anymore? I'm still just using this as a metaphor. Relax, everyone. (laughs) But you know what's funny? How many of us have got all these things in our closet that go, you know what? I shouldn't wear that anymore. That's a bad story. That's a past story. That's a past person. That's not who I am anymore. Okay, I, I'm not an insecure person anymore, but that little, that little hanger of insecurity is still hanging. I'm not a mean person anymore. That hanger's still there. I'm not an addict anymore. That hanger's still there. I'm not a scared, insecure person. That hanger's still there. And until you actually open up your closet, identify it, and pull it out, it's still there. And here's the problem with clothes in our closet. How many of you got some clothes that you got in your closet that are for when you lose a few more pounds? Right what I'm saying? And they're just sitting there, and it's haunting you, and it's looking at you, and it's just going, don't eat, don't eat. You can, you can wear me again. And then all of a sudden, you lose a pound. And what do you do? You strap that thing on and you go walk it out and everybody goes, that's not a one pound down. That's like a nine pound down. You shouldn't be wearing that. But here's the problem. When it's in your closet, you're tempted to wear it. Even though you know you shouldn't. Even though you know it's going to hurt in about 10 minutes. (laughs) It's going to leave bad marks. You go, I'm not an insecure person, but I'm not ready to pull it out yet because sometimes I feel good when I wallow in self-pity. I'm not a a victim, but sometimes I feel so safe when I can blame everybody else when things aren't going good. And so I'm not quite ready yet to pull that thing out. And then all of a sudden at the worst times and the worst moments, because it's still sitting there, you grab it and you put it on and you lose the relationship with yourself and you're not being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You got to open up that closet and go, wait a minute, I have to have the courage. I have to have the courage to call these things out. It's funny, 
being a dad of a 10 and 8-year-old, which I'm still early in this process, but you realize like you are, you are filling their closets right now. You're amazing. You're smart. You're beautiful. Dad, I'm not very good at spelling. Neither am I, and look how I turned out. But for real, you all laugh. I think I'm doing all right. It's like, oh, yeah, look at you. <laughs> I'm like, no, man, that, that closet that says you're not a good speller, you just replace it with you're a great friend, and you're a great listener, and you're smart, and you're kind. But there's all these things in your closet that you just have the courage to open up and go, I don't ever want to wear that again. I mean, how many know you got stuff in your closet that you don't ever want to wear again? but it's just sitting there waiting for you to identify it and call it out and go, I do not want to wear that shirt of shame anymore, of guilt, of insecurity, of anger. I want to give you a little tip on how to not wear something ever again. You got to throw it out. But here's what you have to understand. There's only one way to throw stuff out of your closet. There's only one way. It's called accountability. I love this all the time. People go this, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to tell anybody. I got it. I got it. I got it. You've got nothing. I don't care how successful and smart and everything else are you. You are first a what? Human, also known as a hot mess. All right? So you're sitting there going, I don't need that anymore. You know what you probably need to do? You probably need to go see a counselor. You probably need to start confessing. And then you probably need to tell somebody, like, here's something I, I love to eat. Anybody? I mean, you don't understand. Like, my stomach could literally be, I could feel, like, my pulse in my stomach. It's so full. And I'm like, mm -hmm. Is anybody? And then I, I do this thing. I love doing this thing. Um, like, if there's, like, a thing of cookies, I break them in half. And then I have 47 halves. Anybody? <laughs> so I, this is what I found out about myself. I have to say out loud, I promise to Jesus, I will not eat anymore. Does everybody hear that? Like, I literally have to do that because I don't even care that I've confessed it. I start going in to see if anybody's willing to hold me accountable, and I pray they don't. This is what I'm saying. You have to tell somebody, hey, i got to be honest with you. I no longer want to wear the shirt of a victim. And I'm asking you, I'm giving you permission that when I put that thing on to say, that, sorry, that's, that's no longer in your closet. And if you're a victim, you're probably like, you're mean. And then you're like, that's now you put another, you got to take both shirts off now. <laughs> if you don't call out the stuff you don't want to wear anymore and you don't entrust somebody else to have authority in your life, your closet will be completely packed with stuff you never want to wear. Everybody say hangers. <laughs> Says the only way to win the relationship with yourself. And here's the good news. You look around and we all do this. You look around and you're like, man, look at that guy. He's buttoned up. He's got it all together. Look at her. Everything's perfect. You want to hear some really good news? Every single one of us in this room have a bunch of stuff in our life we don't want to wear. Maybe it's stuff like, I keep wearing this shirt of judging my spouse. For years, I felt better than her, better than him. Oh, trust me, you got stuff, and you got a lot of it. And, and frankly, if you think I don't have very much, it just means you got more than everybody else. Just a thought. Hangers. Everybody say hand towels. Hand towels. So here's, here's the thing about, about relationships with other people. Uh, most of the time, 
we don't win a relationship with other people because we forget the most important thing, which is people come into a relationship just like you. So here, you come walking into a relationship with a completely full closet of stuff you shouldn't be wearing. Anybody? And then you collide with this other human being that's just as messed up as you. And then the two of you try to hang out. Think there's any reason why it's going sideways? Right? And so these two, you're sitting there and both of you have all these full closets and everything's messed up. But here's what you have to understand. Every single time you go to sit with somebody else, there's two things they want from you. Everybody say two. Two things they want from you. They want something emotional and they want something conditional. So you show up, you sit down with somebody else, and they're like, I really need to feel seen, heard, and loved by you so that I can have this. And you sit down and you go, I need to be seen, heard, and loved by you, so can I have this. And these two people who are complete disasters begin to take from one another and go, ah, that didn't go so well. Shocking, not. Like, you see people all the time, they like walk in and they're like, yeah, man, I'm just killing it. And they start telling you about what they're doing. They got their thing going on. And then they walk away and they're like, man, that person just, whew, they're pretty impressed by me. I, I mean, I really, I really think they got the level. This is the best thing about being like a speaker or a pastor. You, everybody comes up to you afterwards and you only get two people. I really need some prayer or, man, I got to tell you, killing it. I'm just killing it. And you're like, Awesome. Like, I don't, who cares? Like, honestly, who cares? Who cares? I don't care what you're doing. I care how you're doing. Like, we, we, we bank all this stuff up on all this junk, and two people sit down, and we lose the relationship with others. And here's why we lose it with others, because we don't understand the power of service. We don't understand how powerful it is when we walk up to somebody, and here's the first thing I say. Here's how you win the relationship with somebody else. It always starts with this simple understanding. They are the big deal. And here's how Scripture talks about it. Therefore, I love this verse. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible because you can just feel it. He goes, therefore, if you have any encouragement for being united in Christ, any comfort from his love, any common sharing in the spirit, any tenderness and compassion. You can just see him going, for the love of God, if there's anything good from your relationship from the Lord, if you have anything good, I'm getting beat, shipwrecked, all messed up. For the love of God, if there's anything good happening, please be like-minded. Have love. Be in one spirit. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Rather, in humility, value other people. For the love of God, be nice. Can you just see him? He's right, and he's just like, if there's anything, any comfort, any good, anything, just for the love of God, be nice to somebody else. You can see how absent this simple thing of valuing somebody else more than you is the answer. Here's the problem with valuing yourself. Most of us value ourselves in one of two ways. One, we overvalue. Two, we undervalue. Both of them cause us to be uninteresting people. Very few of us have an accurate view of ourselves. Even, I mean, I'm talking plus or minus 20%. That's how off we are, right? Like, like we're either like, man, I am, I'm kind of looking around and I'm, I'm 1%, I'm top 1% for sure. 
Now, I'm for sure, I'm looking around. I'm, I'm, one percent, I'm not saying I'm saying this. this is how people are. You go in and you survey everybody and you're like, yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm definitely top 5%. And then somebody else comes in, they're like, man, look at all these amazing people and why am I even here? And When neither one of those matters, because here's what I always say, you want to know how you win the relationship with other people, you remember that they are the big deal. They're the big deal. They're the reason you walked up. They're the reason you're here. They're the reason the conversation is going on. They are the reason. And if you'll learn to outserve other people, if you'll learn to make people the big deal, you will only succeed. Do you want to know how to put people's interest above your own? It's this hand towel. It's waking up going, how can I serve you? Here's three ways to do it. Here's the first one. Think about this. Be welcoming. Like I said, the other person is the big deal. Be generous. Be generous. Here's the thing, man. I got to tell you. I've started, I'm a, I've started to make a little bit more money than I did when I was pastoring, which is not a big surprise. I don't mean that. No, I just, whatever. I could make less, I guess. I didn't think about it that way. But bottom line is, Nobody ever picks the tab up ever anymore. When I was pastoring, man, I got that tab picked up all the time. Now, nobody, and I start thinking about like, why does nobody ever pick up the tab? My dad always taught me, always pick up the tab, always offer. Like, what? generosity, like, why not pick it up? And here's the cool thing, pick it up the first time every time. That's my rule. Pick it up the first time every time. The next time, if they don't pick it up, never hang out with them again. It's that simple. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm absolutely dead serious. I mean, if that's the kind of person that every time you get their takers, I don't have space. First time, every time. Second time, and if you don't have a lot of money, it's fine. I'll pick it up every time, but you better be making moves. Oh, where is that? And I let them get far in the process too. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you see those people as soon as they go, oh, no, no, I got it. As soon as they go, not me, man. I like, I want to pull, I want to see evidence of the card coming out. You know what I'm saying? Once I start to see that card come out, then I'm like, no, dog, I got you, man. Don't worry about that. Just want to see how far we get going here. Be generous. Mark Twain says this. I love this. He says, I can go two months on one good compliment. Don't just be generous with your money. Be generous with your words. Anybody ever said, man, you look good. Next thing you know, you're like, I look good. I didn't think so this morning, but I look good. The other person's the big deal. Think about if you were trying to close a job. Would you pick up the tab? How about a date? A new friend? A relationship? You're so generous. It's always funny. Everybody says, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Things were going so good in this relationship. Things were going so good with my boss. Things were going so good. Most likely what happened was you got really stingy. You started holding on to your generosity. You forgot that they were the big deal. You were no longer welcoming. You were no longer generous. The third one, if you want to win the relationship with other people, it's, it's they're the big deal. Be generous. And here's a, here's a big one. Be interested. Somebody said this. I don't remember if it was like Patrick Lencioni or, or Jim Collins or one of them, but they, they talked about how people are always so focused on being interesting rather than being interested. And this is what I want to talk, this is what you have to understand. It's just human nature. Nobody is ever going to fully be blown away with you. I'm going to lay it out there. 
I'm just going to lay it out there. I mean, you can be, you can be pretty cool. And they're going to go, I mean, unless you are a star athlete or some billionaire or something that they can't even wrap their mind around, you are too normal. Everybody say, I'm too normal. <laughs> I'm too normal to be interesting. I'm never too normal to be interested. And when you start to get interested in people's lives, when you start to go, I have this rule. I always say, find two things out about somebody else before you tell them one thing about yourself and then start over and do it again. Because here's what usually happens. You'll, you know, somebody will tell you two things about them. You tell them four things about you. They tell you nine things about them. You tell them 14 things about you. And both of you walk away being like, oh man, they love me. And neither one of you find either one of you interesting to be around. All that person did was talk about themselves. Do you ever wonder how many times somebody said that when you walked away? Or let's even take it further. Let's say you're like, you know, I don't really talk about myself. Yeah, well, you know what they say about you? You're not interested. You just sat there like a big bump on a log and you're like, hey. Because that's just as not fun as somebody else. That's just as selfish. You know how selfish it is to not ask people about themselves? And here's the thing, you're just going to lose the relationship with other people. If you can't remember, they are the big deal. I'm going to be generous and I'm going to be interested. Those three things will win the relationship with other people and they're all rooted in this thing called service. The hand towel. If I'm going to win the relationship with myself, it's all about the hangers. If I'm going to win the relationship with other people, it's all about the hand towels. Let me get the last one in a few minutes here as we close out. Oh, actually, I want to read one verse about this, this real quick because this is such a great verse. Proverbs eleven twenty four through 25 says, One gives freely and grows all the richer. Think about this. When you freely give a compliment, does your soul not fill up? Does that person not lean in? Does that, not, does that person not just advocate you? You know who reminds me of that is George, George Haynes. I mean, you want to talk about the epitome of somebody who's way more interesting than you are. If you don't know this guy, ask him a couple of stories, but you probably won't be able to because he's going to get you talking about yourself so much. And then you're going to say, I just love George. Do you know why you love George? Because you love you. And he lets you talk about you for a long time. Do you know you're not any different than anyone else? They love themselves too. And if they don't love themselves, they're so fragile that they deeply desire to hear themselves have be validated, and that's your job. All right, the last one, the last few minutes. Yeah, the last one is this. Oh, I didn't finish this verse. This is so good. One gives freely and grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers, I love this, want. It doesn't say he, sir, he suffers poverty. It doesn't say he suffers to have nothing. It says when you don't give, it doesn't mean you're destined to a life of poverty and God's going to take everything from you. It says worse. There's something worse than poverty. Want. There's something way worse than poverty. It's want because it could never be corrected or satisfied. But when you begin, become generous, all that changes. All right, here's the last thing. So we got hangers, hand towels, and handbags. Everybody say handbags. Here's the thing about the future. Tell me if you can relate to this. Um, a couple months ago, I was in D.C., and, uh, or May last year I was in D.C., and a buddy of mine was like, hey, man, I got a house in D.C. Don't even worry about the hotel. Just come stay at my place. And I'm like, oh, that'd be great. It sounds great. So I get out to his house, 
It's this dingy old house, this cold, dark basement, and I get down in the bottom of this basement, and I did something. I'm 39 years old at the time. I did something. I, I get ready to go upstairs. I turn the light off, and do you know what I did? Well, we're talking about the unknown. We're talking about the future. Do you know what I did when I shut that light off? I sprinted upstairs because I was 100% sure someone was behind me. Do you remember when you're a kid in your basement, you know, and you turn the light off and you're like, oh, oh, something. And you're like, you're like the unknown, like somehow I turned the light off in this dingy old basement in D.C. And all of a sudden the boogeyman, I'm 39 years old, and the boogeyman's back. How many of you know you're 100% sure that even though the chances are better of being struck by lightning or dying from a coconut falling on your head, how many of you know that when you get in the ocean, you're the one getting bit? The unknown. The, the relationship with the unknown is so hard to win because it's so scary and we don't know what's going to happen. And so we live in this crazy world of fear and dread and imagining the worst things. But if you're going to win the relationship with the unknown, let me give you the best advice I could ever give you. Pack light. I own a couple companies, I do some things, and half the time I'm like, oh my gosh, the world's gonna just be amazing. Half the time I think I'm gonna be on the street. And what I realized was the more things I had in my life, the less I enjoyed the notion and idea of the future. The bigger my mortgage got, the bigger my car payments got, the bigger my spending got, the more people that got in my life, all these things, all of a sudden it was less fun. Now I gotta cover all this stuff. Smartest thing I ever did, and I continue to do, is I've made a commitment that the more money I make, the more things I pay off. I want my entire footprint to shrink. Because then it's fun to dream. Here's a couple tips on how to be successful with the unknown. Pack light. All, you don't need luggage for the future, where we're going. Remember what was that, uh, uh, Back to the Future? Where we're going, Marty, we don't need roads. If, I don't know, if, maybe I'm dating myself. I don't get it. Anyway, whatever. Where we're going, we don't need luggage. Where we're going, we don't need some of those people in our life anymore. Those aren't future people. Where we're going, we might not need those big houses and big cars and big purses and big, 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 if you want to go in the future. Because you might need some capital and you might need some bandwidth and you might need some freedom. If you want to play in the unknown, if you want to be able to weather a storm, if you want to be able to navigate through some roads you never saw coming, you don't need luggage. You don't need anything bigger than a handbag, whatever you can fit in there. And the only thing you need to put in there is to know where you're going. Only thing you need in there is what you need to get there and just the people that you need to be there. These relationships are so important in your life. You have the power to destroy your life. You have the power to accelerate your life. And the only thing getting in the way is all this junk that you don't need in your closet. You have the power to accelerate somebody else's life. You have the power to derail somebody else's life. And the only thing getting in the way is this hand towel will you serve. You have the power to have the most amazing future filled with freedom and wonder and joy and discovery and new smells and new tastes and new risks and new people. And the only thing getting in the way is that you have a handbag. 
And I'm gonna tell you something right now. When you get out of your own way and you get out of other people's way and you get out of the fear of the unknown's way, oh my goodness, then I think your joy is made complete. So listen, here's the deal. I wanna tell you this. Never, ever, 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 ever be scared to clean your closet out. You don't want that stuff in there anyway. Never, ever, ever be scared to make somebody else the big deal. The only thing that'll happen is you will just have more friends, more opportunity, more connections, more relationships, I promise you. I'm a middle child, I know all about this thing. If you get in the discipline and the habit of making somebody else the big deal, you have absolutely no idea all the opportunities that you're gonna have. And if you really wanna go into the unknown, if you really, really, really wanna go into the unknown and win that relationship and win that opportunity, pack light. Because you don't know what you're gonna need. Some of the biggest fears I have, fears is not the wrong word, but considerations I think about all the time is, how bummed would I be if the Lord brought an amazing opportunity for me and I had, I had prepared poorly for the moment and I didn't get a chance to do it? I bet you someday maybe we get to heaven and we get some revelation. I, I wonder how often in a lifetime that we missed an opportunity that God had for us because we prepared poorly. I bet, well, I bet you could look back and go, you know what, I bet there was something I could have done then, but I, I didn't have the money to go on that mission trip. I, I wasn't able to, to go on that, that trip with some of the executives I wanted to be on. I wasn't able to do these things. I hadn't taken care of my marriage and we had all this conflict going on and I wasn't able to, to listen to that person the way I could have listened to them. I didn't have the emotional bandwidth to be present in that moment. I didn't deal with me and I overreacted. I didn't have the courage to take the step. All these things in our lives that we, we miss God's amazing story for our life because we lost the relationship with ourselves, We lost the relationship with somebody else. We lost the relationship with the unknown. I don't ever wanna have that moment. Reality is there's practical ways that we can uncover those. Can I just, uh, can I just pray a blessing over you? Because some of us here in this room, actually, would you just stand with me for a minute while the band plays? And I, I'd love it if you, everybody just bow their head and close their eyes. We didn't do this first service, but I just feel compelled to do it. I believe in the power of accountability and calling things out with every head bowed and every eyes closed. Would you do me that favor and, and do the courtesy of everybody else in the room that favor? With every head bowed and every eyes closed, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to have authority over the relationships in your life. With every head bowed and every eyes closed, if you're in this room today and you say, man, there are, there are hangers in my closet that I need to clean out and pull out, would you just slip your hand up as, as, a, as a commitment to the Lord? Just to say, Lord, I'm, I'm calling these out. I can see them, I can name them, I can, I can have evidence of them. Put your hands down. If you're in this room today and, you, and you've lost the relationship with with others and you don't feel like you're winning that, maybe because you just haven't had the courage or understanding of how to be, how to be a servant. Would you, just, would you just lift your hand up in the air and say, man, I need to work on that. I need to get better at winning the relationships with other people, making them the big deal. Bless you guys, hands down. And the last one, maybe you're like me. 
Maybe that fear of the unknown just haunts you and scares you, but you're like, I don't want to lose that relationship. I want to make commitments to, to make some changes, maybe to pack a light or to, to, to have the courage to walk into them. If you want to win the relationship with the unknown, if you would just lift your hand up right now and just say, claim it out. Just say, I want to win that relationship. I'm tired of losing the relationship with the unknown. Put your hands down. You guys just look up at me real quick. I want you to know something. We talked a lot about fathering a little bit in that first set, man. As a father of two little boys, you know, you don't know how much you can love somebody, you know? And at any point in time of their life, if they were like, Dad, I'm, I'm losing the relationship with myself, I'd be heartbroken. If they were like, Dad, I'm losing the relationship with other people because I'm so selfish, I'd just be so bummed for them. And if they weren't taking the courage to live the dream, the life that God has called them, I'd just be so heartbroken. I want you to know something. Your Father in heaven watched all of us raise our hands, and in his heart, it's just exploding, wanting so much more for us. It's exploding. I just want you to know that if you, if you have the courage to actually walk through those three things, I can't even imagine what your future has. The new relationships, the new stories, the new journeys, I have no idea, but I hope you do. I hope you do. Let me pray a blessing over you as we close out. God, uh, thank you for today. Thank you for just some honest, fun conversation about ourselves and others and the unknown. And thank you for some truth about just, ah, man, we need to clean some things out. We need to serve more. We need to pack light. We need to get rid of some stuff. Lord, so we can win on this life and on this journey and on this adventure that you've called us to. Lord, thank you for being a God that is practical. Thank you for being a God that is loving. And may we walk in that. In your name we pray. Amen. Guys, thanks for having me. This was great. This was great. Thank you. Thank you.